get that young sperm. Um, <laughs> get yourself a young man, Alex. <laughs> to match. Okay. Hi, I'm Dahlia. I'm not your therapist, but I am a dating coach, a matchmaker, and your new best friend when your real best friend just doesn't want to listen to you anymore. So let's have it. Close enough. We feel good about that. I think that's more Uh, just my issue. That was, you know, whatever. Uh, Hi. Hi. I'm obviously here with Alex after a long hiatus. I was talking about like doing an episode every other week, but then we moved and I got married. So (gasps) life got a little crazy. (laughs) I think you've done more in quarantine than everyone else combined. Thank you. It's amazing how time has moved forward, but with me going nowhere, but going places. I mean, I did go to get married and I did move. Homes. So you've gone places. You've gone places, but yet outside of that, not much is happening. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's amazing how life can still go on, but still my day to day is like do 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 do. Totally. Although you, you also know? started school, so I feel like you've had a lot of changes. Oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Weird. What a weird time. Um, thank you for attending my wedding virtually last weekend it was a beautiful virtual wedding I was honestly a little bit like oh no another zoom and then it was like I was I mean this is my first zoom wedding but I was blown away oh thank you it was fun I can't wait to hear about it from your perspective I felt like it was beautiful and I was texting with another friend who was there and we were just like this is a great wedding oh my gosh thank (laughs) you I mean it was so bittersweet you know because it went just about as well as I think a zoom wedding can go but it also just made me so sad that so many people that I love were not there to dance with me and make out with each other and get sweaty and I just I dream of that day you know cool yeah. And it was also like, it was weird because it was such a buildup of emotions. Like we've been planning this thing for a year in one way or another. And then to have this like magical ceremony, but then like you turn the computer off and everyone except like the 15 people we had in person was gone. And then I was like, what do I do with all this like adrenaline and energy? You know, like there's nowhere to put it. Normally you get like a six hour dance party. Yeah. And I, you know, we we did dance a little at the house and we we did all the things that you do at a wedding, but on a much smaller scale. But it just right. felt like I just want to like go crazy with all these people I love. And totally. that will have to happen next year or the year after. Oh, my God. No, no next year. <laughs> next year. <laughs> we'll see. You know, I'm yeah. not making any plans anymore. Wait, so do you want to give us a play by play of like. Uh-huh. How like how was the day for you? Because I obviously just saw a small part through my computer screen. Yeah, the day was crazy. The weeks leading up to it were crazy. Um, I I don't know if I've ever I'm trying to think if I've ever been that anxious in my whole life. Which it's so such a weird about? thing. I well, it's weird because I've never been a like my wedding person. Like I've never had dreams about. It, but there's something about the amount of pressure from the world about your wedding and your wedding day and what a special day and how everything has to be magical and beautiful and special. And even though we were only doing an in-person wedding for like 16 people, 
uh, there was still a lot to coordinate. It was still kind of all the same things to coordinate. You know, we had flowers, we had food, we had sound. I mean, there was even more to coordinate because we also had to figure out how to do a Zoom for 200 people right? Um, in Malibu, which is not known for its reception, uh, outside. Also, it was so hot last weekend. Oh, I can't even, I mean, I, the, the heat is a whole other I can. I think of it as the same as like when it rains on people's weddings day. Wedding day. I think that heat was equivalent because it was just like oppressive. Like could not function. So I was very, very, very anxious leading up to it. I think it was also just probably not helped by being inside for the last few months and wanting everything to be perfect and wanting to have this magical experience. And my maid of honor, Rachel who couldn't be there, said to me, you know, it's okay if it's not the best day of your life. Like, it's a lot of pressure. It's very overwhelming. Stuff will go wrong. And like, the important thing is the marriage. And it's okay if it's not the most wonderful day. And in many ways, it was the most wonderful day. And in other ways, it was not. It was nerve wracking. It was scary. I couldn't eat. I hadn't eaten or slept for at least a week, maybe two. Oh, no. I just couldn't. Like, it's everything you hear mm-hmm. where you're like, I would just put food in my mouth and just like not be able to chew. Like, there was just so much anxiety. I mean, as you know, we also, we sent champagne to all of our virtual guests. So that was a huge That's undertaking. Amazing, but yeah. I mean, there was just a lot. And, you know, I'm a performer. I produce my own shows. So I had a special kind of stress around making it a good experience for the people in person, but also the people online, you know, and Matt was amazing. Him and my brother figured out the technical stuff the day before they spent hours doing it. And they were like, do not worry about this. Like you do other things. But of course, I was still worried about it. Um, So it's just like a huge, huge buildup. The weekend itself was amazing. I was at that Airbnb in Malibu with my family the ones that could drive, get here by driving. And we had just like so much lovely quality time. And the day of, I was like sitting in my little bridal suite, drinking coffee and just having like a quiet moment. And a bunch of my friends were messaging me and it was so lovely. And I just kept being like, slow down, like don't rush through this. Don't let your anxiety like push you. But at the end of the day, I wish, and I imagine most brides feel like this, but I wish I had just been like a little less anxious and a little more present because I know I enjoyed many parts of the day and it was so beautiful. But looking back, I'm just like, I was not even on this planet. I was on another planet and it took me like several days to come back to earth. (laughs) I mean, but I think that's kind of a good message for people. Like the truth is what your friend Rachel said, it's not really... In some ways, do you even want your wedding to be the best day of your life? Because then it's like it's all downhill from here. Exactly. You know, like, <laughs> yes. It's exciting that you get to start this life with someone you really love and want to spend your life with. And That's so obviously true. Obviously, you want that day to be amazing. But especially, I mean, these are such like crazy circumstances. I just... It was wild. I mean, I will say the ceremony was like everything I ever dreamed. It was the best ceremony. Thank you. I mean, and that also, my brother and Matt, my brother mostly wrote it. He got Matt's input and approval. I had no idea what was going to happen. They surprised me with like the whole thing. I love and that. Th- that it was so great. encapsulated you guys. It was so <laughs> funny and fun. Yeah, I didn't. They, they really, that was a gift from them. They really took care of me so that I didn't have to stress about that. And it felt so us. 
But I was also, I mean, all of that said that I was like super anxious and I wish I could, you know, kind of go back and be there more. I did have wonderful moments. And then like for this last week, I've been super sad. Like I've been totally on the come down of just like, we spent a year planning that. Like it's this day in your life and then it's just over. And then all the attention's gone and all the family and friends who were there virtually or otherwise are gone and moved on with their lives. And you're just like, wait wait, I don't get to do it again. Like it's over. I'm done. I don't kind of do, do get to do I it know. again. <laughs> <laughs> That's been the comforting is I'm like, no, I'm going to have a big party and I'm going to repeat every single thing that I want to. Matt's been like bouncing off the walls with happiness since we've gotten back home because he was just like, I am so ready to be done talking about this and planning this and stressing about this. And like now we can just be normal people again. So he's just been like, I mean, I have never seen him so happy. He's like, we're just married and we get to enjoy our life together. And he bought me flowers this week, which like sometimes takes some prompting. But this time I didn't even prompt him. He's just so happy to not be planning a wedding anymore. That's hilarious. I know. I mean, I'm sorry. That seems really hard. I feel like I've heard about that come down. Yeah. I had heard about it. It's like the post-wedding blues or what. I mean, it makes sense. Like, as a society, we put so much pressure on this one day, this one weekend, this one event. You spend a full year planning it. And also with this one in particular, we've had such a roller coaster of planning this big thing and then canceling the big thing. And then, you know, that I think my brain is... And also, I was... I finished my first quarter of school this week. So it's like gone from... Thank you. It's gone from like everything to like... Well, I guess I'll read a book or like organize my makeup bag. I don't know. And like also, as you know, now we're in L.A. I can't even like go for walks or like have people over outside because of the freaking air quality. So it went from like glorious to like I'm alone in my house with my thoughts and feelings. And Matt's just watching basketball and he's so happy. And I'm just like, (laughs) what's my next big project? Totally. I mean, this is, I'm finding to be like one of the most painful phases of quarantine. Mm. And I don't have that let down, but just the, I mean, I think I really underestimated a hundred percent of my social life is outside. Yes, exactly. Yes. It's like, it's so small. It's like going to the dog park or playing tennis or whatever for me, or just like seeing a couple friends at a park. But I feel like that didn't feel like that much, but having it taken away is like brutal. Yes, it really is. I'm sure for you, like, listen, I didn't even really have anything to look forward to to begin with. (laughs) But like that you had this big thing to look forward to and now that's gone and now it's like we're just like in this terrible world. Yeah. And all my friends are gone. My family's gone. Yeah. And I mean, we're actually, I'm spoiled. We're going on a mini moon to Santa Barbara provided the air quality there is better. Um, Oh, good. When is that? That is, we leave Monday, not tomorrow, a week from tomorrow. So that'll be good. But, you know, then I'm like, then that's over. And then what? <laughs> like as humans, we need things to look forward to. We need goals. We need projects. We need things we're excited about. We love holidays. We love celebrations. And it's just like, I mean, especially in California right now, it's like, oh, you thought you were going to like have a fun time outside? Like, no, you're stuck inside. You're not leaving. I will say, thank God your wedding wasn't this week. I know. I'm like, can you imagine? We missed it. I mean, I was upset that it was the hottest day of the year. Right. But 
I mean, the fact that it could have not happened at all because of the smoke outside. Oof. It's one thing after another. One thing after another. But we did it. We got it done. I've never been that hot in my whole life, ever. Well, you looked great because I feel like I would have just been melting. You looked stunning. I was melting. I was melting. And I almost, when we were supposed to take like our romantic shots after the ceremony, you know, you go and like look lovingly at each other. Like I was continuously almost passing out, like just having to sit down in my dress in the grass. And the photographer was like holding a pitcher of water to my head and like toweling off my back with a cold towel. Like I have never been that close to just completely passing out. Because also, I, as I said, hadn't slept or eaten and probably hadn't hydrated enough. Yeah, Carl, if I'd been there, I would have given you electrolytes. I told Thank you about you. electrolytes. I was drinking your electrolytes okay, all the time I was getting ready. From, that probably stopped you from um, fainting. Passing out. Yeah, totally. Totally. Today I got mad at myself because it's also this thing where you like just look back and you're like, oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. And it's like, obviously... You, Never going to feel like it's perfect, even though it was amazing. But I was like, I should have worn Spanx. Why didn't I wear Spanx? And then I'm like, but if I had worn Spanx, I definitely would have passed out. Like I came so close to passing out. If there had been one more layer of clothing on me, I would have passed out. That would have been, I mean, as someone who interned at Spanx, fun fact, um, they are effective but so freaking uncomfortable and if you've been so hot and then had that i don't that no i would have died i think i would have died so you know it all happened as a not i don't like meant to be statements but it all happened and i'm happy with it and here we are i'm married you're married does it feel different being married um like a little i feel a little more like responsible for matt Like, I always have taken care of him and, like, you know, if one of us gets hurt or sick, but all of a sudden I feel like, no, this is my family now, kind of. And then also what feels different for us is we did combine our finances. We're both having a little bit of separate, like, he has his business account or whatever, and I have, like, a little side thing, but... For the most part, we're combined. So like I've had to buy some gifts in the last week, like a baby gift and a gift for our wedding coordinator. And I bought it from our joint account. And it was like, whoa, this is real. But also it means that it's not as fun to spend his money anymore. You know, (laughs) like before we'd order sushi and he would pay for it. And I'd be like, thank you. And now I'm like, oh, it's both of ours. Maybe we should order less. (laughs) (laughs) That's so interesting. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, it's weird because all of a sudden, like, he can't treat me to things anymore. I can't treat him to things anymore. Now it's just like our money. Yeah. Which makes me much more protective of it. Which I'm sure he loves. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually, it's funny. He, you wouldn't think this, but he's much more kind of like free with spending than I am. I think because I grew up very anxious about money, like in a family where money was always an issue, there was always stress about money. So I'm always like, we have to be careful. And he's always like, well, it's 20 more bucks. Who cares? And I'm like, it matters. And so now I'm the one who gets to be in charge of our budget. (laughs) Oh my God, I would love someone else to be in charge of the budget. I actually like kind of enjoy it. And I think I'm going to enjoy being like, what did you spend $42 on? (laughs) Was it for the gym? Was it another kettlebell? (laughs) (laughs) I was watching the Breaking Bad pilot for something yesterday. And in it, she's like, 
did you spend $13.99 at Staples last week? I'm like, oh my God, that's my nightmare. <laughs> Someone knew everything I spent. Yes. I, like, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I mean, he's actually pretty good. Neither of us spend a lot of money on like stupid things. Like we don't, we aren't like out there, you know, buying fancy shoes or something. But I'm just like kind of excited about the power of managing the budget. That's what I get to do. And I'm like, okay, well now that I feel like it's our money, I'm going to crank down on it. You know, I'm going to, we're going to get a little tighter around here. Yeah, fair. It's just how I've been taught. So we'll see how he likes that. But so that feels a little different because all of a sudden it's like, oh, I really have access. Like before it was like, oh yeah, he has this and he has that and I don't really know what's going on. And today I'm like, we're hooking it all up to our Mint account. I want to see what's in your, you know, pension and your, like, I'm like, I get to know everything. It's kind of fun. <laughs> of course, I don't want him to know everything. I'm like, now if I ever decide to get Botox, like, where am I going to do, do that? You know, you're like. You're not allowed to get Botox, are you? No. I mean, allow. He He's just like, please don't. And I'm like, but what if I did and you didn't know about it? Just a little, just a little preventative, just right between the eyebrows. I mean, I want, I, I've thought about a lot. I've gone back and forth. Mostly I feel like I'm not going to mess with anything, but then I'm like, what if I want to? So then I decided that, but like, I'm the one who's looking at our budget. So probably if I do get it, he's never going to know. Yeah. I mean, also, do you watch Selling Sunset? Um, is that a real question? I know. That was a stupid question. So you know when they have like the Botox and burgers open house. I mean, listen, you can really get that under the wire. You don't even have to pay for Botox in LA. Really? Well, I mean, that was- I mean, I saw that and I was like, does that really happen? I feel like there are random events where there's Botox. Okay, cool. I'm it's down. Will you please let me know if you find one of those? Yeah, I will. I mean, great. I- I kind of feel like Botox might not be where I would like cheap out, but... Yeah, that's the thing is like, do I spend money on someone sticking a needle in my face? Probably. I'm not just sticking a needle in your face, sticking neurotoxins in your face. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. That's why I almost was like, I have to get it before the wedding because the pictures. And then I like started reading about it and it was like, your whole face can slide off. You can bruise. You can <laughs> swell. And I was like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to tell her to fix the wrinkles in Photoshop and we'll be fine. Yeah. I don't feel like you want to experiment right before the no, wedding. No, no, no. Yeah. So anyways, that's kind of how marriage feels to me right now. Um, I also noticed today that, you know, we're having a very domestic Sunday. He's watching basketball and putting together patio furniture. And I'm like putting the dishes in the dishwasher. And I'm like, this is nice. This is, which is funny because, you know, I got married when I was 22 yeah. And I remember we spent a Saturday afternoon shortly after we made it official uh, going to Target to buy a big screen television. And that's kind of, I mean, I already knew it was a bad idea and I shouldn't have gotten married, but that was a day that I was like, I cannot be 22 years old spending a Saturday night at Target looking for a TV. Like, I will never be this domestic. This will never be me. I was just like this disgusting. And it happened to me again one time in Home Depot with it. Like, I just hated it with every fiber of my being. And that's what made me, you know, be like, okay, I'm obviously not this person, I shouldn't be in this relationship. But now, 14 years later, I am loving it. I'm like, let's go to Home Depot Saturday night. That sounds like a date to me. <laughs> like, And it just goes to show, like, 
you really do have to listen to yourself and you can't force yourself to be ready for something before you are, but you also don't need to be afraid that like, well, I'm 25 and this is how I feel. So I'm always going to feel this way because also I think with the right person at the right time, stuff feels different. Like I love the domesticity now and I'm like, ugh, the sound of like going to a bar and trying to look hot. Like, no, like maybe once a year. Sure. But like, I cannot tell you how happy I am to, you know, spend Saturday nights at Target with him. But I think that's at 36. I think even like five years ago, I wouldn't have been ready. Totally. Well, and I think it's so important that it is the right person. Like I loved hearing during your ceremony where Matt was saying, because I so relate to this, where he's like, was so loving like his alone time and like living alone and how you guys went on your first trip and he was like, I'm going to be dying to go home and be alone. And then he like wanted to go back to your place. And I was like, oh my God, that gives me so much hope because I feel like in relationships, I'm usually like, okay, I need my time now. Yes. I'm like, oh my God, maybe with the right person, I like won't want to escape. That's true. I mean, I think you heard both my brother and Matt talk about it because they're both introverts of like, it's the person who they'd rather be with than being alone. It's so beautiful. But also, to be fair, you also have to find someone who accepts that you do need some time alone. Like I remember uh, when my brother started dating his wife, something happened where she like hurt herself and ended up staying with him for like three weeks. And I remember them saying to me like, yeah, and then we decided we both needed some quiet time. So we went in separate rooms and did work. And I was like, wait, what? You can do that with a partner? Like at the time I was like, you know, 20, whatever. And was like, nope, that that sounds like that's horrible. Like you guys don't like each other. What do you mean you need time apart? And but I think that's also very healthy. Like Matt gets his video game time. He gets his basketball time. Sometimes I just disappear for a while and I, you know, I need alone time less than he does, but I need it from time to time where I'll just be like, I'm going to go like listen to a podcast and shave my legs or whatever. I, you know, I think so. I think it's a beautiful thing when an introvert enjoys being with another person more than being alone, but also know that the right person will also give you the space that you need when you need it. Yeah. And they won't ask you to just give up all of yourself. Yeah, because I've definitely been with kind of codependent people who take mm-hmm. it very personally. Yeah, that wouldn't work for you. No. I'm always like, what's Alex doing right now? <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you seem like someone who just always, like, I just picture you in like a meditative state most of the time, like by yourself, but like doing very important things, but like not needing anyone else. It's just kind of the opposite of who I am. That's not true at all. I don't even, the only meditations I do are like guided meditations, which I take to be naps. Like I don't, I definitely see people. I'm not, I feel like I'm not like a hundred percent introvert. Yeah. You're somewhere in the middle. Yeah. I need to see people. And I mean, when you're picturing me meditating, I'm probably watching Selling Sunset and like eating. That's fair. The ice cream. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Not that involved, but I appreciate that. There is, I don't know if you're watching, we're watching the most recent season of Married at First Sight. Uh-huh. Is that the one with the like really tall basketball player? No, that's like two seasons okay. ago. That's the one on Netflix. We have the Lifetime app, so we're oh, okay. fully caught up. Um, but on the most recent one, there is this girl, and I don't want this to come out the wrong way, but she, you know, 
got on the show because she wants a partner. She's ready for a partner, but she's been on her own for a very long time. She's financially successful. She likes to do things with her friends and travel and go to fancy restaurants and this and this and that. And when they put her with this guy who's like, eh, he has his own shit, but he's le- he's more like, I want to invest in a home and I want us to be at home together. And like, I, you know, I, he's much more kind of like domestic than she is. It's just interesting to watch because I have seen this before where a person has gotten so used to being on their own that it's really, really, really hard for them to compromise any aspect of their life around someone new. And when they say, I want a partner, they really just want someone to like fit into their life. And she's like, I got married to find someone to go on these trips with me or to go to these restaurants with me. And it's like, yes, totally. But also you have to be willing to bend a little. And she like doesn't really want to change anything about her single life. And at that point, I'm like, like you can need your alone time. You can like doing things that you always do, but you also have to find a way to merge two lives together. Right. It's very interesting to watch. I, get that. I feel like I'm open. Yeah, I think you're open. I think you'll it'll be a little bit. You'll it'll take a minute because I do feel like you are very, like you know yourself really well. You know what you like. You're good at like taking care of yourself. And I think it's always an adjustment to be like, oh, now there's another person, and I I know what my needs are, but I also have to understand that they have needs. Right. Oh dear. <laughs> so how's your dating life oh it's not great is that it's, because i'm too good at taking care of myself and my body potentially talk about not. it no <laughs> i mean i just feel like like i'm totally dating in quarantine i'm not one of those people who's like not but i just feel like i mean there hasn't been that much i had like a matchmaker date oh how was that okay I mean one thing well you can tell me what you think about this yeah. so she t- warned me beforehand she was like you know just FYI he's like not divorced yet but I think okay. he's like ready to date and I was like okay not like a deal breaker but it's a little bit weird going into a date knowing that and he of course isn't mentioning that sure and he's like talking about how he's lived in the same like rent controlled apartment for like nine years I'm like okay so clearly you shared that with like your wife Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know, that's a little weird to me. The, talking to this guy who was a few years older than me, he just seemed like, it didn't feel like a lot had changed in the last nine years. What do you mean? Like, it just seemed like, even though he was in his late 30s, he could have been like 30. Mm. Kind of just has a job he's like not wild about. So he does like some hobbies and he's lived in the same rent controlled apartment. And he's kind of like, oh, homeownership, who can do that? And it's like, he's not really divorced. I don't even know how to explain it. I feel like I maybe was too critical of him because I didn't like him, but there wasn't like something wrong with him per se. Like he was telling me about some side projects, which I appreciate when people are excited about things. And he'd made like a t-shirt line Mm. and I was like, oh, I'd love to like see it. And then I looked and I was like, oh no. Oh no. He like draws. And so I found some of his art online that he was trying to sell. And I just, like, wish I had his white boy confidence that I'd be like, yeah, like, I can sell this pic- drawing of an iguana for $200. Wow. Like, I just don't know any women who would, like, I'm sorry, I'm, like, being such a, I don't want to be a jerk. I just can't imagine any women I know making, like, really mediocre art and being like, you need to pay me money for this. I feel like most women I know would make, like, way better art and then be afraid to even show it to anyone. 
That makes, I don't know. I was just like, this is not, I can't date someone if I think their art is terrible. No, obviously. You have to respect the person you're with. No, I get that. I think, I mean, I do think it, it sounds like, one, knowing literally nothing about it, it sounds like one of those situations where had you been attracted to him or like felt some sort of chemistry, you would be like, oh, that's kind of cute. I mean, his drawings aren't great, but like, whatever, that's cool that he has a thing. Whereas when we're not into someone, everything, you know, turns the other way. So it sounds like you just weren't that into him, but then you retroactively like f- tried to intellectualize why. For sure. Yeah, there were all these things that in normal circumstances would not be deal breakers that I was like, well, you're like, I don't oh, like and that. He's not yeah. divorced and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, the divorce thing, Divorces are complicated. They take a long time. You know, I was barely married for a year and it still took like two or three years after that to be divorced. So I have a soft spot for that. I I want to know that the person is really done with that relationship. But in terms of like the legal stuff, it's just designed to be annoying. So I'm less kind of careful about that. Yeah. But it sounds more like he was kind of... um stagnant and you weren't into that feeling i think that's fair which as you know i'm always like listen a person can drastically change their life situation if they meet the right person who inspires them to do so and it happens all the time like matt's entire vows were about how (laughs) everything he does is because of me and he wouldn't do it other like he's always like if it weren't for you I would eat dinner at four o'clock and be in bed at seven. And like, that was my life. And I'm like, that's very sad. (laughs) But like, you know, looking at him from the outside, I could have been like this loser. But, you know, once we got together, I never forced him to change, but he just wanted to. I think when someone you meet is exciting to you and you want to make yourself better for them. Yeah, totally. Not that there's anything wrong with going to bed at seven, but... um. But, you know, I, I I do think people can change. So I think if you were into him, yeah, you would kind of be like, yeah, that's kind of weird, but whatever. But because you weren't into him, you know. Yeah. What else? What other date? Um, I had a hinge date recently, which was terrible. Like was it, it live in person? It was oh, a okay. FaceTime date. What was terrible about it? Well, it was interesting. So we'd messaged like a lot. I'd been like on the East Coast and I he'd sent me the he'd send me these really long messages and then not reply for a couple of days. And I was already a little nervous where I was like, I don't want to message this much before talking to someone. Like he kind of wasn't suggesting talking. And I was like very conscious, like he's like a writer. So he's sending me like really interesting messages. And I'm like, but I don't want to get attached to someone I've never spoken to. Good. And I felt like it was falling into that kind of like false intimacy stage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like, as like part of the reason we haven't talked for a while is because my grandmother died and I was like feeling down. And so he, I didn't reply to him for a while. And I kind of just mentioned that I was like, don't need to, I'm like, don't need to like get serious. Like we haven't met, you know, but like, sorry, this is why I like have a message. And he was like, oh, don't worry. Like I can be serious. And I'm like, but like, I don't know you. <laughs> like, right. I, I don't know. So anyways, this is like a something I want to ask you about, but I was having dinner with a friend and I mentioned that a couple people I'd been messaging with had kind of just fallen off. And one was this guy and she's like, well, you need to be like more proactive. So she like took my phone and messaged him like one of FaceTime. And it was such a bad FaceTime. And I don't know if maybe I shouldn't have even pushed to FaceTime. Like it was, I think part of it is that this guy, I think he's super, super COVID conscious for whatever. Like he didn't mention a specific health rates and he lives alone. I don't think he's seeing like anyone. I don't think he's really going outside. And I don't know if this is why it was so awkward. 
But it was just like from the beginning, it was so weird because he talked so much over text. And then it was like I had to, it's like I'm yanking answers out of him. Mm -hmm. Like I was doing all the work and I was kind of getting exhausted from doing it. And this Mm -hmm. wasn't going on long. And he was like, sorry, I'm kind of low energy. And I'm like, what's okay? Like we don't have to talk if you don't want to. But I kind of kept asking him questions because I can talk to people. And then I kind of just got tired. I was like, let me just like let him do it. So I kind of just stopped, like didn't ask questions for a minute. And it was just like we were in silence. Oh my God. Like I've never had that happen where I was like, and then he was like, well, I guess we're both low energy. So I was like, okay. And then it just ended. And it was only 15 minutes long. Wow. I felt like so, I don't even know. I felt like rejected, but also, I don't know. It was a mess. What do you think? I mean, it sounds like a not great date, but it also sounds like 15 minutes of your life. Totally. I mean, it sounds terrible. And I always hate when like a date makes you feel worse. Like one of my clients that I've been working with on this, she's like, I feel lonelier after FaceTime dates than before because it's this kind of like you almost are connecting with someone, you almost are with another person, but then yet again, you're left alone in your apartment with your own thoughts when it's over. Yeah, especially if you've like gotten kind of, even though I try not to, you get kind of excited if you're messaging with someone and it feels like there's good chemistry. Yeah. And then you talk, it's like crickets. So I guess my question to you is, and maybe this is just like bad luck with these two guys, but so I was messaging with that guy and then it kind of basically I'd taken a while to reply to him and I'm like, sorry about that, you know, but like, I'm kind of back would love to maybe FaceTime later this week. And he was like, definitely. And then he never followed up. So my friend kind of took the reins and was like, want to FaceTime Sunday. And he was like, great. So we did, but it felt like he wasn't in the place to talk to anyone. Mm-hmm. I'm like, should I have even push that? And then another guy I'd been messaging with, but it was like kind of silted. And my friend was like, just be like, want to get a glass of wine or like have a glass of wine with me which in hindsight was kind of a weird thing to suggest during COVID. I feel like we should have suggested like a FaceTime or a walk. Anyways, he never replied either. And so I feel like that left me being like, being a little more aggressive didn't feel like a good thing. Or is that just these two situations? I think it's, I mean, it's, it's literally two situations. And I always caution against creating a story out of anything, but especially two situations like my gut instinct to that is like you just need to have more experiences if you're still thinking about these two bad ones like you just need more is similar to regular dating of like right you know if you yes if you go on two dates in one month you're gonna think a lot about those two dates but you kind of need if you really want to meet someone you need to be throwing more spaghetti at the wall you need to be having more experiences you should be aggressive like Mm -hmm. if someone falls off the planet there's no reason to not be like hey what's going on are we still do you want to like who cares? You know, like it takes two seconds of your time. If they don't respond, then you can move on. Or if they do, you know, I actually think keeping the first date to 20 minutes is a good rule of thumb. Even if you're enjoying yourself to just be like, hey, want to FaceTime for 20 minutes? I'm going to keep it to 20 minutes because I've realized that's about how much I can take. Like, you know, just being transparent about that, like neither of us really wants to sit on FaceTime for three hours, you know, like, 
Let's keep it to 20 minutes. I'm also a huge proponent, and I may have talked about this before, but of doing the phone first. Like, why go right to FaceTime? I find FaceTime exhausting. And then you have to like sit and stare at the person. Whereas when you're on the phone, you kind of like can tune in in a different way. You can walk around your house. You can go for a walk. You can do laundry. Like, you can be doing other things, but you're not on your computer where you're likely to get distracted. You're not staring at an image of yourself, which is distracting. And there's not this pressure on it, you know, just like a phone call and then keep it to 20 minutes. If you enjoy your phone call, you can be like, should we meet in person? Which I know is hard right now with the smoke, but that will pass. Yeah. And then just going from the phone call to in person, like we've kind of established the status quo of the video chatting. And I don't think it needs to be mandatory. I don't think it's the way to do things. You're not a fan. No. I mean, if people like that, cool. And like some people I've suggested this to are like, but don't I want to see like what they really look like? And I'm like, I mean, sure. But were you doing that when you were going on regular dates from Bumble? No, most of the time you were just showing up, which yeah, some people wish they would do the FaceTime first so they could know. But I think you get just as much information from the phone. And if you have a really great time on the phone with the person, it's going to make you a lot more forgiving of whatever filter they put on their profile thing. You know, like, I just think we need to shake it up a little. And everyone's gotten too into this, like, okay, I have to do a FaceTime date, which is just like a drag. It's not fun. It I don't even like FaceTiming drag. with my friends. Like, I don't want to. It sounds horrible. <laughs> it's like getting... I, that. I do too. I mean, it, it's getting like, it's like looking at a meal instead of eating it. You know, it's like, it's not the same thing. And it feels terrible. It feels flat. It feels exhausting. And whereas I think phone is still very much alive and you can really tune into just one aspect of the person, but you're not feeling like this is like three fourths of meeting the person, but it's disappointing. You're like, oh, this is like 20% of meeting a person. A good point. I like that. So I would say be aggressive, be proactive, get more dates, but suggest a 20 minute phone call. Yeah. You know, 15 to 20 minutes. And I, I like that at first you were putting a lot of work in, asking questions, and then you decided to just stop. And I think you can do that. And if it means there's silence and then you get off, oh, well, they need to know that you're not going to do all the work and both people need to contribute. And you shouldn't be getting exhausted trying to keep the conversation going. It's not your job. Terrible. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to ask you is, I mean, I feel like I'm trying to be way more open about different people. I've noticed on the apps that people who reach out to me, so I'm 34, they're either 30 or they're like 41. Okay. I don't understand. I mean, I'm open to them, but 30 feels a little young, 41 feels a little old. I feel like, is there a reason people in their mid-30s aren't reaching out? Are they no. worried I want a baby immediately? Uh, maybe, but also they might be. I mean, I do think around the mid-30s is when a lot of people get married or get into relationships, so there might just be less of them. They're not all gone, but there might be less of them. But also, again, with the storytelling, I think as a writer, you really like to be like, this is the, this is the data I'm seeing, or like, let me draw, <laughs> let me connect the dots here, which like, yes, there's no denying facts of like, a lot of people who contact me are 41 or 30. But does it have to mean something? No. Okay. You know, it can just be like, oh, okay. Like, yes, you know, I'm a big proponent of dating younger. Get that young I know sperm. You are, but um, I don't know. It feels young. <laughs> well, I always say 10 years up, 10 years down is fair game. You do? Yes. 
Oh, what? I'm going to date a 24-year-old, Dahlia? Why not? That would be ludicrous. Why? Because that's so young. I so? was so immature when I was 24. Well, you're not dating you. <laughs> and I feel like a 24-year-old guy is going to be more mature than I was. You never know. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, I agree. 24 is a little young. Like guys kind of need to get into their later 20s. But 30 to 34, that's me and Matt's age difference. What's the big deal? But I feel like that's unusual in that, or what's unusual is that Matt was very like mature old soul for his age, I think. What do you think or no? I mean, he is mature for his age, but also there's plenty of people who are ready to get married at 27, 28, 30. Like that happens all the time. We're just not used to it because we live in Los Angeles where men are single until they're 55. That's like, what I mean. But yeah, I'm, exactly. You're right. If I was in Atlanta or DC, but I'm in totally LA. normal. But you're in LA. So what? There's people here. First of all, I do say if a guy's an artist, you have to subtract 10 more years from their age. So like a 30-year-old actor, sorry, everyone, is 20. Because then I think that that so I would say in general, if you can date a non artist, I say that knowing that Matt is a writer and, you know, that counts. But I do think like it's also about kind of like maybe the field that they're in. Like a, to me, a 30 year old software engineer is in a different place than a 30 year old actor. OK, I get that. And I also think 41. So what? Seven years is like nothing. Have I told you my therapist? theory or what she tells me that it's just like to watch out for men over 40 in LA who haven't been married. Yeah, I kind of agree. I mean, I don't know if they need to be married. I'd say if they haven't been in like a long term relationship, okay. then watch out because it's just like what are, they might have a little bit of that Peter Pan going on or they're trying to date 25 year olds or whatever. But it's not like a hard and fast line and everyone's situation is different. Some people are just really late bloomers. I have a client right now. He's in his late 30s. He's never been in a long term relationship. But he's so great. And he actually like the reason he started working with me is because he finally got to a place in his life where he's like actually made a lot of progress through other areas of his life and has really matured and has kind of like a whole new outlook. And really, I'm watching. I'm like, what? Like, you are such an amazing guy now. It's amazing that you've been single. But before he just wasn't in the right place. And now he really has moved into a different phase of his life. He's looking at a lot of things differently, affected largely by COVID and spending this much time by himself. But, you know, I I just think it's hard to judge people based on these external factors when everyone is so different. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I'll be more open and I'll go on more dates. Yes, thank you. I need (laughs) you to. Um, Should we... Go to my listener questions. Yeah. I have a few. Okay. I'm going to read it. Before that, I just want to go back to my wedding for one second, which is, I just want to say for people who were there or not there, people who were virtually there, that it was amazing. And I really, really felt the love from everybody. And that's part of why it's been so hard because it just made me realize how much I love everyone and how grateful I am for all the support and that it really is possible to feel that kind of love through the airwaves. And it was a beautiful, magical day despite all of my neuroses post-wedding of like, I should have worn Spanx. I shouldn't have because I would have died. But (laughs) it was just a beautiful, magical, wonderful day. And I just want to say that you know, in these times, people can be really amazing, too. Yay. And it was wonderful. 
So I felt like I didn't stress that enough. Sometimes I move very quickly to like, and this is what I would have done differently. And I need to remember to be also present and grateful and acknowledging of the wonderfulness of human beings. Okay. And I cried so much that entire day. Like I cried. I don't know if you could tell, but I was sobbing during the ceremony. I was crying the entire day because no, I just No, I loved. couldn't tell at all because I feel like you did like a stand-up routine. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But like after my vows, I think I literally couldn't get it back together. Aww. And then just everything made me so emotional that day because I just loved everyone so much and I felt so lucky. I felt so, like so the, nice. I mean, the Zoom group, I just feel like there was a lot of love around you guys as a couple, which was really nice. Oh, and oh. like, I feel like I was on email chains with different like groups of friends of yours who I didn't know at all, but it was just really nice how like, People were very invested in your wedding. Yeah. Your relationship, which is good. It's a testament to y'all. Thank you. It's a testament to everyone who was so wonderful and there for us. Anyways, just needed to say that, acknowledge that. Okay, here we go. Back to the listener question. It says, this will be a good transition from what you just asked me. My question is related to age. When I turned 36, my number of matches on Tinder dropped significantly as there were fewer guys that I wanted to swipe right to. I heard anecdotally from male friends that a lot of men, regardless of age, have 35 as their maximum age. Oh no, I'm running out of time! (laughs) No. (laughs) Frustrated with the lack of matches, I did an experiment on Tinder where I lowered my age to 34, which instantly resulted in more matches. As I am often told that I look young for my age, what are your thoughts on lying about age on the apps? Lying makes me deeply uncomfortable, yet Tinder for straight women over 35 is a desert in city that she lives in. I feel that I may as well give up if most men have 35 as their max age limit. I have my real age, 37, on Hinge. My usual age bracket is 10 years either side, but for a week I lifted off the age limit. Most of the guys who liked me that week were 18 or 19 or over 55. I'm either someone's cougar or kitten, which is not what I want. Oh my God, kitten's a thing? I've never heard of that. I didn't know that, but I like it. (laughs) Maybe she made it up. That's fun. Um, What do you think about this? What's your take? I kind of... I don't have a strong opinion about this. Like, it's interesting. One of my friends in LA, she's, I don't know exactly how old. She's in her 40s. She's like a yoga instructor. She's gorgeous. Um, And I mean, I don't know. I feel like maybe this is an LA thing or like she could pass for 10 years younger easily. And she's talked about how some of the guys she, like she's going out with this guy she saw on a dating app but she ended up getting set up with through like a friend because they're the same age, but he, she like wasn't in his age bracket on the app. And so, and she's like, I'm not lying about my age. That's like ridiculous. And I don't know, on the one hand, I'm kind of like, do you want to go out with a guy who like won't date people his own age? Mm. But on the other hand, I don't know. I I like don't, I mean, I kind of feel like I would do the same. Like, I feel like I don't want to date a guy like, I would ideally like to date someone my age or a few years older. So if he's, like, not willing to date people his age, I don't want to date them. Mm-hmm. But I can definitely see that getting older. I can understand why you would lie. She said that the guy, she asked him why she wasn't part of his age range. And he was like, because everyone's lying on the apps anyways. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew these women are lying about their age, so I went younger. Interesting. I don't know. I don't think it's, like, a bad thing. But I also don't – I'm, like, very turned off by guys who won't date people their own age. Yeah. What do you think? 
I don't know. It's a really tough one. I mean, I think I'm not, you know, I don't believe in lying. I'm not a huge fan of like filtering and presenting something that's not real. Mm-hmm. You know, my first reaction is the same thing that I said to you, which is like, you don't need to create stories out of this. You don't need to be like, this is what always happens. You just need to probably swipe more and get a bigger sample size. Mm-hmm. At the same time, if this is what she's saying is true, then I'm going to believe her that it's true. Just thinking about it right now, I'm like, well, maybe try lying for a little bit and see what happens. And if you end up going on dates with people you really like, see what happens, you know, after one or two dates, if you have chemistry and things are going well, if you tell them that you lied. And it might blow up in your face, in which case you learn not to do it anymore. But like without trying it, you can't really know. I mean, again, like generally speaking, I'm not into deceiving people. But when it's a situation like this, of like a few, like saying you're 34 instead of 37, I'm like, eh, it's not, you know, I do have, I have a client who went on a date with a guy who said he was 33 on his profile and turned out to be 40 when they met up. And she and I would not like that. She didn't like it, not because he's 40, but because he lied. And she was like, I don't like that you would, you know, start out that way by deceiving someone. However, it got her to go on a date with him. So I mean, to this person, I would say, play around with it a little bit, you know, like, try different things on different apps, get a bigger sample size, be honest as soon as you can. But I don't think th- I wouldn't say I'm 30 if I'm 37. But I kind of think like three years. Mm, I mean, it's a tough, you know, it's like when I OK lying, like where does it stop? I don't know. Yeah. But, you know, it sounds like it does make a difference for her. And yeah, experiment. See what happens when you tell the person the truth. If it doesn't go well, don't do it again. Yeah. You know. I'm kind of open to it because I do think there's obviously a ton of ageism, especially when it comes to women. Yeah. It's not that grounded in anything. If guys are assuming you're lying anyway, then they're already taking care of that. So you got to do what you got to do. Get your numbers up. Yeah. You know? It's weird to me that a guy would lie, kind of. I know. Like, because also if he's like, if the girl's like 33, he's saying he's 33 and not 40. I don't know, like, at 33, I think 40 was still my age range anyways. I wouldn't be like, nope. Yeah. But maybe it's your therapist thing about like girls start to judge guys more over age 40. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's a weird choice. I mean, but ageism is a real, real thing, especially in these cities, both for guys and girls, I think, because I know girls who are like, if a guy's 40 and he doesn't own his home or if he hasn't been in a relation, uh, marriage before or... You know, if he's 40 and he's not successful enough, like there's a lot of judgment on both sides. You're right. And so I get it. I mean, I feel like it's so much worse for women, but I see that. Yes. No, it is. Especially in terms of like a biological clock thing. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think for her, and also, you know, I'm pretty sure that when I, because I talked to this person briefly, that she is not a like marriage and kids must have person. So for that too, I would think, yeah, you can lie by a couple of years because you're not trying to achieve a certain right. like biological clock age goal, you know, and she's probably being judged when guys see someone 37, they probably are like, oh, she's going to try and have kids right away or whatever, which is a total judgment that is not true. Yeah. But, man, I wish I could just remove that. Like if women could just have kids whenever. Oh, my God. Can I you know. imagine how much easier it would be? 
so much easier. I mean, technology is advancing. Women are having kids well into their 40s. It's possible. So to give hope to everyone. But but it's not fair that they get judged. The guys are like, oh, she's 35. She's probably going to try and nail me down to have kids real quick, you know? I know. I was thinking about a gay couple that I'm friends with. And I was like, I mean, obviously there's like their own expense and issue with like having kids with like a surrogate or adopting. But I was like, how freaking nice to just be able to do it whatever age you are. Yes. Like, ugh. Although men, as we learned on Labor of Love, men have a biological clock too and their sperm starts deteriorating. I which mean, is to why I'm a saying. degree, but also Alec Baldwin is like 70 and just had his like fifth child. So. Well, yeah, but he's also like super rich and can test his sperm. This That's is why true. I'm saying like, get yourself a young man, Alex. <laughs> to match. Okay. They're, I mean, they're showing that like age of sperm is 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 just as if not more important than the quality of the eggs. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay, In I'm going to come on here with like a Roman from Selling Sunset. Yes. See, Someone who she like, doesn't that. really speak English or like have a job, and, but he's young. He's young. Young and yeah. hot. Whatever. Let's turn the tables. That's You're what right. I'm doing. <laughs> but yeah, so for her, I would say, you know, while I don't condone lying, if you're really finding this to be the case, try it out by a couple years and see how it goes when you you should tell the truth relatively early on because you don't want to get into like a six month relationship with someone and be like, by the way, for sure, but see how they react. And hopefully the right person is understanding and they're like, yeah, it really is hard out there. And I would have swiped on you anyway, but I understand why you did it, you know? Yeah, totally. Ideally, people might disagree with me, but that's OK. OK, let's look at my other question. Finding chat momentum hard with stage four lockdown here. Soonish to be lifted, though. They live somewhere else. I see it as an opportunity, though some people I am chatting to have expressed no sign of meeting soon. What's the point type thing? I believe it's a great time to connect in a simple way and strip things back to the basics with plain old conversation and create a solid foundation. Any advice how to respond or get these men folk more enthusiastic? So it sounds like she's having trouble chatting on the apps they don't want to chat they don't want to get to know her since they're in lockdown and they're like what's the point right I mean I feel like that's true I feel like I have girlfriends who are in that boat too where I have some friends who are just like I guess we're not dating this year yeah and I'm like I don't think that's the case at all but I don't know how you can convince people to be excited about dating if they're like not in that mindset well yeah those guys probably shouldn't be on the apps if they're like what's the point it's like okay then delete your profile and go away yeah stop taking up my time but I think for her, it sounds like she's really trying to chat, like chat, chat, like message chat. And you know how I feel about that. Just get off of that, get to the phone call or the FaceTime. Yeah. And, you know, if these guys aren't responding, move on to the next. Like chat for a couple, three, four exchanges and then be like, should we do a phone call? Should we do a FaceTime? Should we, you know, because like lockdown's going to be lifted soon and then we can already be part of the way there. You know, like I said, she lives somewhere else, not here where we don't know when all this is going to be over. But, but at least um, here and I feel like mo- not everyone, some people are more cautious, but most people I know are open for like going to a park or a walk. Yes, walk. It's like mass. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what it's like in other countries, which is what this is I think a lot of them are more open than we are yeah yeah but I mean you know I think again I think it's very easy like I can't stress this enough it's very easy to have one two three four five experiences and create a story out of that I've never done that Dolly no I know (laughs) you would never dream of it 
But like really fight that urge and just soldier on. Like again, I use this example all the time. If you were in a bar with a thousand people and the first five people didn't work out, would you just leave the bar? Would you just be like, well, no one in this bar is going to work out of a thousand people? Five rejections in a bar, I would be out of there. Even though there's a thousand people there? I mean, I only have so much umph in me to keep Okay, but let me flip. Let me flip the script. Who said it was a rejection? Oh. Of you. It might be a rejection of dating. It might be a rejection of themselves. They don't think they're good enough or cool enough or they don't want to spend their time. But like, we have to stop of like, well, I was rejected five times and therefore I'm done. Like, if that's how it is, then give up now. There's no way. But how are, I mean, in theory, sure. But like, we don't all have your confidence. I feel like most of us take it very personally. Well... Well, I feel like you need to create like some sort of dating boot camp where you just spur Ooh. us on. I, I've actually thought about that. I thought about like a dating gym where yes. I just like force you on dates all the time. I mean, I get it. I took it personally too. There were plenty of times that I would go on one date with a person, be super excited about them, make out, be like, no way am I not hearing from them again and then not hear from them again. And it took me each time a couple days to be like, all right, well, I guess that wasn't it. I got to nix that fantasy in my head but then the best thing to do get another freaking date go out with someone else like you're also going to get a bunch of people who are interested in you that you're not interested in and you know the danger is being like I've done three dates I just can't do anymore like good luck to you then I don't know what to say like (laughs) you have to go on more dates you have to be willing to give more people a chance you have to be willing to get hurt you have to be vulnerable you have to be rejected like that's there's no way around that. I don't care if we're living in COVID times, regular times, the 1950s. Like, I don't care. You're going to get rejected. And that's part of the process. And that's part of what makes people want to be married is that they don't have to go through that anymore. If dating was like lovely and wonderful for everyone, no one would get married because we'd just be like, oh, I'll do this forever. This is fun. Yeah. You know, but it's not, which is why we're like, oh, I found one keeping him done. Thank you. But you have to like get to that point. And all of these bad experiences are what will make you appreciate that person and that relationship so much more. But there's no way around this. You can't go into the thousand person bar and like sift through and be like, got him. This is the like you have to get through a whole bunch of the ones that aren't going to work. And you have to stay in the bar. I know. I just feel like, of course, you're right about all of it. But I feel like when you're in the moment, it's just hard to like keep your spirits up. Totally. And so to extend my metaphor, you step outside for a second, smoke a metaphorical but not real cigarette. <laughs> like tell yourself you're pretty. Eat Go like eat a, a sandwich. Hot, a street hot dog. Exactly. Get a street hot dog. Like and go back inside, take a shot and do it again. Okay respect that you know and then you're gonna find one that you make out with and then they disappear or like then you're gonna find one that you spend an hour with and then they disappear like yeah this is what it is but like there's no way around this and what every time we're like it happened again okay let me go create the story about what's happening which is like so tempting to do it does not help us it sets us back we're not in the bar when we do that oh you know speaking of that I feel like I've had a couple friends who were like I'm in therapy. I'm like working on my issues so that I can like find someone. And I think that's great. But I also, I feel like we can create these stories where it's like things aren't working out because something's wrong with us. But I kind of feel like maybe it's also just that you like haven't met the right person. Absolutely. 
I mean, I think it's a definite combination. I think, as I said, like you have to be at the right place and right time in your life, which like if you're struggling with a whole host of other issues, probably not a great time. At the same time, sometimes people meet when they're doing horribly in every other aspect of their life and they happen to meet, you know, the person who changes their life or, you know. Yeah. But I do think, I think it's a combination. I think it's really good to look inside yourself and go, what am I doing wrong or what could I do differently? What can I improve upon? How can I become the person I want to date? But then at a certain point, it's a numbers game. It's a luck game. And it's just about sticking with it until you find the right person who accepts you exactly as you are. But I think it it's 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 definitely both. And if you're like one of these people is like, I always have the same experience. Then you want to go, okay, I'm the common denominator. What could I be doing differently? Yeah. Or how can I attract the kind of people? Another thing I think that happens a lot is people say they want something. I just want a nice guy who's going to treat me well and be loyal. But then that's not what they go after and not what they're attracted to. So that's a whole other thing of like, are you actually pursuing the thing that you say you want? It's fine if you're not, but then be aware that you're not actually ready for it yet. Yeah. You know, we can all say that forever, but when you're really ready, you're going to be interested in the right people. Did you feel like something had changed in you when you met Matt? Yes. Okay. Definitely. And what um, was that? I had, and again, I think it's a combination of like me just getting older and having more experiences, him being the right person, and me consciously deciding not to um, say no to this person. Because he wasn't what I was typically attracted to or typically went after. But I had an experience um, not long before him where a friend set me up with a friend. We had an amazing like three or four dates. I was so into him, like so into him. I was chasing after him. I was begging him to be into me. Um, He clearly was just using me sexually But I was like, no, but I know we could be such a great couple. Like, I just, I know it. Like, he has to understand, like, how great I am. You know, I was in that place where it was, like, bringing gifts to him. Like, just still in that, like, chasing, doing, overdoing phase of life. And there were some weird things with, like, his ex-girlfriend and me still being like, it's okay. I totally understand. Like, take your time. I'm here when you want me. Like, chase, 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 chase. And then something happened after that where I was like, I am not doing that anymore. Like from now on, if someone's not interested in me, I'm letting it go. I should not have to convince the person to be into me. And if it's that hard and takes that much convincing, they are not the right person for me. And something in me just clicked. And I think it was a combination of spending a long time doing this, having a lot of experiences and growing up and valuing myself more. Where I was like, if this means I'm just dating for the rest of my life, then so be it. But I am not going to chase after anyone anymore. Yeah. And then I think I had a few more times after that of like going on dates with people being into it and not hearing from them, but being like, I'm not going to devise a clever text to get their attention. I'm not going to try and tempt them into seeing me again by making it seem like I'll have sex with them. Like, I'm not going to do this chasing anymore. They obviously weren't interested. I'm going to move on. It should be easy. Yes. And then when it came to Matt and it was easy, my instinct was, ugh, I don't know. Like, this is too easy. He's too nice. Why am I not like, uh, I don't feel that like chasing instinct, 
You know, I don't feel that like I have to fight for him. And I'm used to that feeling of like, it's hard, it's complicated, it takes all this work from me. And with him, I was just like, okay, but why don't we just keep saying yes until we don't want to anymore? Yeah. And then here we are. But you know, I think it was a very, very conscious decision to no longer be interested in people who are not interested in me. Yeah. And I think that's something everyone has to kind of come to on their own where you decide like, wait a minute, I say I want this thing. I say I value myself. And yet I am not acting that way. I'm continuously going after difficult situations. And I will tell you right now that a long term relationship that is going to last and work is not difficult. Yeah. It doesn't take convincing, strategizing, game playing, chasing, manipulating, any of that. Right. You know, but you have to decide you're not interested in the, the, that drama anymore. Yeah. Which it was really fun for me for a long time. As much as it hurt and I would end up crying on the floor, I also enjoyed it. So I'm not sad. I went through all those experiences. Well, I think it's hard because the ups and downs and kind of the not knowing if someone's going to text or how long it's going to take does make it exciting, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it's hard to acclimate when you find someone that you're like, oh, they always do text. And like, oh, there's no game here. You're kind of like, wait, but then do I even like this? Like, am I into that? It doesn't, you know, I'm missing that old rush of like my whole self-esteem rides on this person texting me or not. Totally. So then you have to find something else for your self-esteem to ride on. I think it's also a little bit of that, um, what's his, is it like Groucho Marx or something who like didn't want to be part of a club that would have him? Right, exactly. It's a little bit if you're not like, feeling great about yourself if you're like well if you like me are you even like a good person exactly like "Mm, this seems too easy like this must mean you're some kind of a loser (laughs) totally but yeah but it's just it's that shift happening in your mind of like actually being attracted to what you say you want and that is not always an immediate overnight change it can be something that you really kind of have to activate for yourself You have to make a conscious decision. I made a conscious decision that I was not going to chase anymore. Mm -hmm. And there were a few people before Matt that I didn't. So either they faded into the distance or I wasn't interested in them or whatever. But I really had to actively make that shift for myself because I love the chase, you know? Yeah. And it felt so gratifying if I felt like it worked. I got them, you know? I think you have to decide you're ready. Yeah. Should we do one more? Yeah. This is a long one. I haven't read this. (laughs) (laughs) Hang in there. We're going to do it. Okay. Also, I met someone I thought was awesome right on returning home. We had six weeks-ish of long, consistent, awesome phone chats and texts in between before meeting twice and hitting it off, it seemed, in a way I haven't done in ages. It felt mental and physical chemistry, heart connection, all good, and then he seemed to do the slow fade and stopped contacting me. Two weeks went by, I moved into a new place that we discussed and he'd expressed interest in, but no, how was the move text or anything? Next thing you know, I was feeling super anxious and suddenly I was doing all the reaching out. A couple of texts initiated by me, an instant response from him, but not much more. And after a couple of weeks, I summoned up my courage and called him. All seemed fine on the phone. And with his angling, we lined up a third date in a very loose way. He had offered, do you want to see how you're feeling? As I was going out to a party the night before. I was way too hungover the next day. I was angry at myself about that. And text saying we could make it another time. And I've never heard from him again. It's been several months and I can't get him out of my mind. I am on the brink of calling him and telling him I had the feels for him and still think of him and ask if he could explain what happened. Every time I saw or spoke to him... (laughs) 
He ended it with, it was so great talking or seeing you. I felt the same. What do you recommend? I feel conflicted because I feel ghosting is so unacceptable and disrespectful. Is there a way to come back? Well, I think we know what I would say. So you go ahead. (laughs) I mean, I think something that I've gotten better at over the years, but I think we all need to work on and do in our own time is just like, listen, rejection sucks, but you need to know when to like move on. Like this is, I don't even think of this as ghosting. I feel like he told, like he showed you so clearly how he felt. And this isn't necessarily about you, you know, like you don't know what's going on in your life, but he showed you, he is just like, he's just not that into you. Yeah. And I think it's brutal if you really, and if maybe she's someone who, because I feel like I'm like this where I don't meet people that often who I'm really excited about. It feels like there's a really good connection. So then it's obviously like brutal if they disappear and it feels like it's all there on your end. But it's just like, I think that you need to, she needs to like really let herself grieve this, even if it wasn't like a traditional boyfriend, because it was something that like went on for a couple of months and she was really excited about. And over time and when she meets someone else she's excited about, she'll feel better. But this is like not, he's just not, it's like, this is not the guy. Yeah. I'm with you 100%. I think I hear this a lot too, where people have the instinct of like, I just want to tell him what I think. I just want to get the reason why. I just want an explanation. And it's like, you think that will make you feel better, but it won't. The only thing that will make you feel better is if he's like, actually, I've realized you're the love of my life and now I'm here 100%. Like it won't actually make you feel better for him to be like, yeah, because he's just going to make up like the timing. You're so great. Like da, 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 da. at the end of the day, if two people want to be together, they find a way. It doesn't matter about the timing. It doesn't matter. You, they will find a way and it would have worked out and she can beat herself up all she wants for being too hungover to go on a date with him. But like if it was the right person for her and he was into her, that would have mattered they would have made it work anyway it was not the deal breaker at all yes ghosting sucks but i wouldn't call this ghosting i would call this as she said a fade out of just like it was really intense chemistry at first and then it faded out and we're not that into it or i realized i'm not in a place in my life for a relationship or whatever it is hearing the why is not going to make you feel better it is tempting i mean there's always the like people who want to tell someone off about ghosting and like teach them a lesson and be like, this isn't about me. Just don't do it to future people in your life, which is like very noble. (laughs) So noble. Um, And if that will really make you feel better and that's the closure you need is to send them just like a long, angry paragraph. No, I can't support it. I was going to say go for it, but I can't because also you never know who they know. And if you're that crazy person that they're like, oh, she went nuts on me talking to the new person you're dating, like just end on a high note, let it go, take the high road. Like it's not fun. Yes, you deserve more respect than that. Yes, you deserve the communication. But at this point, it is not going to make you feel better. Just go on more dates and you will find someone new and then you will stop thinking about him. There's always, always, always someone else. Also, I mean, I guess my suggestion would be if she's feeling like there's a real like lack of closure stopping her from moving on, maybe she can write a long letter with like yes. everything she's feeling and would want to tell him if she would like to do a little magic, maybe a little ritual where she burns it and kind of like Ooh. sends it off. Like, and then, I mean, I just feel like women are so, in, I mean, I think humans are intuitive if they're like open to their intuition. You can even try to really like think about like, how would he reply to this? How would I want him to reply to my mm. letter? And you could write it out. Yes. You might actually know 
why this happened. Like you might be able to kind of tune in and be like, oh, he was like not ready for a real relationship. He's not over his ex, like who, whatever. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, but either way, this doesn't like mean something's wrong with you. This was just like not the right fit. This wasn't the fit. This wasn't the one. And I totally agree with you. I love that idea. An email, a letter, whatever it is, of all the things you would say to him and get them out. I think it's also really important to and not send it. When you notice yourself kind of like idealizing someone like this, of like what could have been, we have this amazing chemistry, what could have been and no one else measures up to them and every other first date isn't the same. It's like, but it couldn't have been because it wasn't. And the the part of him that disappeared or let you down isn't a separate part of him. That is him. That is still that person did that to you. So it's very easy to keep someone on a pedestal idealized in our mind when we haven't actually gone through the experience of dating them. Like I did the guy I was talking about a couple people before Matt we had like four dates together and I had this whole relationship built in my head. I don't actually know what it would be like to be in a relationship with him. Could have been horrible. I could have been sick of him within two months. But because all I had to go on was that amazing beginning of this intense chemistry, that's what I just held up in my mind. And as we know, things fade. And this is also why I'm always like, I don't like going by we had this amazing first date chemistry and it was just explosive off the charts. Like in my experience, both for myself and my clients, 99.9% of the time that explosive off the charts chemistry that you have in the very beginning fades pretty quickly and does not end up being the person you're in a long-term relationship with. A person you're in a long-term relationship with, often it starts out very chill and grows into explosive, amazing off the charts chemistry. But I think when it starts that way, you're often going to get let down and you should still enjoy it, have those experiences, relish them, but don't let them stop you from giving other people a chance that it feels differently. Oh, also, I mean, this is kind of a little bit of a woo-woo theory. I don't know if you agree with this, but I've heard and read that sometimes if you feel like you connect so immediately with someone and they like feel like home and there's great chemistry, mm-hmm. it's more like trauma bonding. Yes. You both have like the same issues that you're connecting on. I've heard that. And the, the version of that too that I've heard is it's the type of love that you're familiar with. So it's the type of love you probably grew up with from your parents for better or worse. And so you're recognizing it and that feels like chemistry. Mm-hmm. That feels like a click. But what it actually is, is just, oh, this is the feeling I associate with a loving relationship. It doesn't necessarily mean that's the right type of love for you. Yeah. And that's the same thing like I was talking about, you know, this chase instinct. A lot of us, we're chasing after a certain feeling, but that's not actually the feeling of like a healthy, loving relationship, which feels different to us. So we're like, I don't feel that like chemistry spark that I'm used to, but that's actually a good sign. <laughs> Yeah. That's probably means you're on the right track. Whereas that click to me often means you're on the wrong track. Get off. Yeah. Cause it didn't work out. Yeah. It didn't work out. And so I think it's very easy to idealize this person, especially it sounds like she's having trouble, like getting to the point of meeting other people, which is very hard. And again, I would say chat, text, message, even phone and FaceTime limited amounts before actually meeting the person in person. Cause it builds up that false sense of intimacy and you want to get, in person for both people. Um, but she's having a hard time moving on. So I love your idea. Write something, get all your feelings out and then dispose of it however you wish. Imagine what you wish he would say or what you think he would say. Tune into your intuition. 
and then get back out there and just be like, I'm not going to go searching for that same feeling because obviously that same feeling didn't lead to what I'm looking for. Right. So I shouldn't be chasing that feeling. Yeah. And don't be like, oh, no, this was the one that got away because it's not. No, no, there's no such thing as that. The one cannot get away. Yeah, exactly. Just look at Matt. He's trapped forever. (laughs) Sucker. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I, I get this. It's really hard. But I think it's also like can be a really fun thing to hang on to, even though it doesn't feel fun. But this idealized version and like, what could I have done differently? What what was the thing I did that messed it up? If I could just go back and fix that. And it's like, no, you can't mess it up like that if it's the right person for you. Yeah. And no amount of talking to them. I mean, as I was reading that, I did think for a second, like if she really wanted to reach out to him one more time, just to really, really beat that dead horse, she could. <laughs> If she just really needs to know one more time, she needs to have a full conversation. But then you run the risk of feeling worse, of opening that wound back up again, of making them think like, whoa, this person cannot let go of what is clearly over. And you just don't need to put yourself in that position. Well, I feel like what's hard about that is not even the feeling worse. It's that the guy might like he can be an unavailable guy, but he was like, oh, it was fun to hook up with her. It's like she comes back around. He can just like jerk her around for long. Totally. And he can make more promises. He can be like, you know, I wasn't ready, but I, I also can't stop thinking about. No. No. If he. Never going to work out. Yeah. If he gets to a place where he is, oh, my gosh, I forgot about her and I need her. He'll come back. But don't sit around waiting for that. And also probably don't trust that. I like your idea. Write it all out. Get rid of it. Cleanse. And start really putting effort into going on more dates with guys or getting to the FaceTime date or the phone call until you can meet in person and just getting your numbers up and staying in that bar. Yes, stay in the bar. Stay in the bar. One caveat, I said to burn it, but actually be careful because it's wildfire season. Yes. (laughs) So maybe don't burn it. Maybe don't burn it. Tear it up, whatever. But whatever, you know, uh, spiritual burning. Yeah, exactly. You know, cleanse thyself. We promise... You will meet someone else who makes you realize why it didn't work out with him. Exactly. You will meet someone else that will make you, wow, I can't believe I was so caught up on that person. Yeah. That's a great feeling. Do you think we covered it all? I think so. We'll have more listener questions for next time. These were some good juicy ones, though. They were. Thank you for your questions. Um, You're going to go on more dates. That's an order. You're going to get out there more. You're going to have more conversations. You're going to do 20-minute phone calls. Great. Keep it short and sweet. Even if you're having a great time, be like, this has been so great. I'm sticking to my 20-minute limit, but let's meet in person. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm going to do that. And if you don't like saying you have a self-imposed 20-minute limit, you can be like, I have to go. I have another call right now or whatever. doesn't matter. You know what to say. You know what to do. Totally. You should be able to tell a person, yeah, like this online dating thing is hard. I think 20 minutes is all I can take and then we should meet in person. Great. Perfect. Do it. Any other closing thoughts? No, everyone on the West Coast, stay safe. Stay inside. Yeah, stay safe. Stay inside. This will be over soon. This too shall pass. Namaste. (laughs) (laughs) Namaste. We're going to make it through. We love you. We love you. And congratulations to all you. Thank you. Woo-hoo. If it can happen for me, it can happen for you. A model for us all. That's what I say. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Just the tip, a dating tip. This one is pretty obvious, but stay in the
bar and stop creating stories for yourself. Yes, you may have great data points. You can sit down and write a fictional story about it and then get it out of your head and go back in the bar. If you need to take a break, take a break, get a snack, take a nap, take a drink, and then get back in there. This is a long haul process. I know it feels like right now nothing can move forward, but things can move forward. It just takes a little more effort from you and a little more deciding not to start telling yourself stories and walk away for the night. I mean, if you need to take the night off, by all means, go for it, but then fully take it off. Don't be like kind of side eye peeking and wishing you stayed. Like if you go home, go home and give yourself a break, but then re-energize and get back out there. Thank you for joining me. We are back. Thank you to Alex Jospin, A. Jospin on Instagram, ajholistic.com. We didn't even talk about her holisticness today, but that's okay. We'll get back to it. Uh, Thank you to Josiah Thorngate, my amazing editor, Christine Bartolucci, Melissa Gruen, all of you for listening, rating, reviewing. Please do listen, rate, and review and share with your friends who need it and send me your questions to notyourtherapistpodcast.gmail.com. You can also message me on Instagram, notyourtherapistpodcast. I love answering your questions. Thank you for listening, rating, reviewing, and making dating fun. (laughs) 